there was some debauchery. Like, it was bad. There's only so many threesomes you can have. Um, Teddy Briggs is a reality TV personality who made a name for himself appearing on the show Love Island in 2018. My name's Teddy Briggs, I'm 25 years old. People often underestimate my intelligence because I'm so pretty. But he wasn't always Teddy. He used to go by Liam back when he was growing up as a lost kid with low self-esteem whose strained relationship with his father first shaped his idea of what it means to be a man. When we feel lost or like we feel that we don't know where we're going to end up, I think is where people tend to sort of have struggles in their lives. Teddy's life would never be the same after going the reality TV path. He's taken on a new identity that stuck with him and created a public image to live up to. People could say it's materialistic, but it's more so I set a goal, I achieved it. It seems it's done him a lot of good, but it's also left him to juggle who he is online with who he is in real life. There's more to Teddy than meets the eye. He's a sensitive soul and a man with a plan who's serious about being the best he can be. Welcome to Young Blood, a podcast all about young men's health. My name's Callum McPherson, I'm a journalist, and this is our mission to talk about the stuff that matters and isn't talked about enough. Let's do it. Like, who were you growing up, especially going through high school? Yeah, so I guess like for me, I was always a little bit of a lost soul growing up. Like, I guess I, I really didn't have a whole lot of direction and identity growing up and that kind of thing. I sort of tried my hat at everything, you know, I was like, sports and then I was music. Tell me about and, growing um, up as Liam. Yeah, I just sort of was like never really felt felt like comfortable. I always felt like it's a bit of an outsider sort of thing. So it was kind of tough for me to grow, grow up. Um, you know, I had a lot of difficulties through school and making friends and things like that and just, yeah, yeah. And why did you feel that way? Like why did you feel sort of lost and why was it difficult for you to sort of figure yourself out? Obviously yeah. it's hard as a kid, but why do you reckon you yeah. feel like that? I don't know. I kind of think. I had a, uh, like, so the guy that I called dad, like, so he is my dad to me. Um, he's not, like, blood-related, like, so he's my stepdad. Um, but I guess with my biological dad, I had, like, a relationship sort of when I was younger. And I think that that kind of, like, when I got older, I realized it was a bit sort of toxic. So I'm sort of like, you know, when I was about, oh, maybe about 17 or 18, that's when I sort of got like cut that all off but when I was growing up I kind of felt like that sort of relationship was keeping me keeping my confidence down so yeah it wasn't until I was about 18 where I sort of realized what it was doing and like cut that completely and then that's when I sort of really started to grow as a person so what about it made you feel like unconfident it was it just the way that that person sort of spoke to you or like raised you that made you question your self-worth or yeah 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 i think it's just like especially when we're kids uh, we look up to certain people and like uh we create our identity around like what we're told basically you're shaped by what the people around you tell you basically so um you know like for example my mom is like super super uplifting even now like every day she's like oh teddy i'm so proud of you like you're doing this you're doing that so so cool but i guess like you know, having a relationship, like, so I'd be like that when I was with my mom and I'd be like, oh, cool. Like, <laughs> and then I'd go and see like my biological dad and he'd be very much like, very much the opposite, like very, very how did, much. How did he used to speak to you? Just more so, I was really like skinny when I was little and he just used to sort of call me like feminine or um, 
uh, you know, say I was like not a man or, or that kind of thing. So, And so the way that he defined masculinity and like what a man should be, did you really take that to heart, do you reckon? Yeah, definitely, definitely. And like you start to question it yourself. You're just like, but then you look back at it. I'm like, I was like a kid. Like, yeah, of course you're not a man. <laughs> I, was, I wasn't a man yet. Yeah, yeah. So I think, um, but it got to later in life, um, you know, where he, he sort of looked at the, the side of being a man as like being the alpha, macho, that kind of thing. But then like, you know, mistreated a lot of people in his life, you know, kids, women, that kind of thing. So I think it was when I got a bit older, I started to realize like the man my stepdad is, I was like, that's a man. Like, you know. Um, Someone who treats people with yeah, respect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Treats people with respect, like a real uh, caretaker in the traditional sense of like masculine, feminine relationships, like the way that, you know, um, he treats my mom sort of like a queen sort of thing, like very, very big, like provider, family, um, you know, like a rock sort of thing. So I think, uh, yeah, it was when I got a little bit older, I was just like, oh, okay, that to me is a man. And like, that's what I aspire to be now. Like, so. What was the, what was your self-esteem like, would you say, when you were sort of like 17, 18, moving from school to afterwards? I think um, I, that's when I first started to implement a few things, like um, even, you know, like training, you know, self-care, things like that, making sure you know, there's a few basic things that you can do that you n nobody really sort of like teaches you. But, uh, you know, I think stuff like training is very, very good for your confidence and stuff like that when you're fitter, healthier, eating better and, uh, you know, like self-care, making sure your hair's always done, making sure you're always clean, things like that, you know, that you then all of a sudden, you know, you start to feel more confident. My mom is a big person for like to, you know, even if you're just going to the shops for the day or whatever. It's just like you get up, you shower, you do your hair, you put on nice clean clothes. doesn't have to be, you know, a super expensive Gucci t-shirt or whatever. Like as long as you're clean and well presented, even if you're not doing anything that day, like you're still representing yourself as a person every day. And when you look good, you feel good. And uh, yeah, so I started to implement some sort of self-care and uh, that's when my confidence sort of started to go up. It wasn't until I started getting it like probably in my early 20s, like 23, 24, when I really started to learn, you know, like the self-help stuff, like I'm a big fan of like Tony Robbins and that kind of thing, where you can actually learn exercises to in improve your confidence, improve your mindset and, and stuff like that. And, you know, 99% of people don't even know that you can actually work your brain like a muscle and actually get a better mindset that so uh you know for me when i actually learned that i was like why isn't everybody doing this like <laughs> and then i kind of feel like in a really short space of time after that like everything just started to fall into place and like even even now like or especially now it's like to a point where you know if i write something down on a piece of paper like a goal or something that i want it's just like within like a few months like it'll happen like, so yeah it's cool in terms of manifesting your yeah. yeah, yeah, I'm a big mani manifester. Yeah, yeah, law of attraction. Um, so we, did you really feel like you needed to change your image on the outside and then that would directly affect the way you felt? And did you find that that's actually what happened? Like did you mm, feel mm. sort of um, like you had low self-esteem and unconfident mm. inside and then think, well, I have to change the way I look and then yeah. that'll have that effect? Is that... Was that your mindset? Well, I think it, I think it uh, is a fine line 
Because obviously, you know, if you just focus too much on that and you just go, oh, I'm just going to change how I look and, and do this and do that, um, you know, it can be a slippery slope <laughs> to the wrong kind of path. But I do think that um, taking care of yourself does lead to more self-confidence. So, you know, I'm a big believer in, like I said before, that people, you know, should work out because obviously like the endorphins and that kind of thing, from a chemical perspective, it is going to... Um, you know, obviously make you more confident. Also feeling better about the, the you know, the, the person that you are is obviously going to help as well. And even, even like little things, I don't know if you're familiar with like Jordan Peterson, 12 Rules for Life, and he talks about even things, you know, small as like posture and how you, you know, walk into a room, how you actually position yourself has a direct effect on like the chemical in your body, you know, obviously that makes you feel more confident. So, yeah. And the whole alpha male thing that your dad used to go through mm. and, you know, being called skinny and stuff, do you think yeah, yeah. that that had like a pretty big psychological impact on you in terms of, you know, wanting to build up the, your body and, and be that yeah. physically? Yeah, I think so. And I think I probably pushed it too far. Like <laughs> back in there, uh, you know, I was like really, you know, really trying to be like bodybuildery big and stuff like that. I don't care anymore. I just do a little half an hour workout in the morning just to feel good. But um, yeah, I think that it can definitely like go too far. I think definitely for me, I was kind of like, oh, if I want to be a man, I have to be some like buff, you know, kind of dude. But um, you would still think yeah. you would still think that now, though. It's only that obviously you've built it. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm a lot smaller. I've actually lost about 20 kilos, like from when I was like really, really big. That yeah, seems yeah. like a lot. Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah. for me now, I'm like just like my healthy, like natural, like what my body wants to look like basically okay. so yeah, what yeah. what changed there from you know being i mean that's like ridiculously big I think yeah, people would yeah, say yeah. Like, you're, you're fairly big now yeah, so. yeah yeah um i think uh life just comes down to balance and um you know i think the the three sort of like um main pillars uh you know obviously your health so your physical health then your relationships and then also your finances so you know they're, they're the three things that like if you keep those in in check like you generally be pretty mentally healthy like as a general rule obviously there's other factors but i think for a while there i was like maybe earlier i was focusing too much on relationships okay so my finances and my health are bad okay then i started focusing too much on my physical health like fitness stuff like so i was focusing too much on my body my finances and my relationships went bad so I just think that it just life comes down to balance. You've got to make sure you're doing all three. I think if you have like a steady fitness routine, which keeps you mentally healthy, keeps the endorphins flowing, keeps you confident, then, you know, you're still putting in that time and effort to your fam like relationships with your family and your friends and stuff like that. And then, you know, you obviously look after your finances to the point where you don't have financial pressure, which I think is where I'm at now, where I've got all those three like pretty well balanced. Like it's never going to be perfect, but you know, I think that's where we like really thrive as humans. Yeah. You also used to get all your self-worth off your body and sort of the way that people would react to that as well. And so that's, that was what used to drive you just that one mm. focus. I think cause that was the first thing that people like, cause I was sort of dark sheep, like not popular at school, like all that kind of thing. So I think when I was like 18, I started to get like buff and like all of a sudden girls were like, Oh, like <laughs> then all of a sudden you go, Oh, cool that's what I need to do. It's like mental programming and you're conditioned to like go in such a way. But then I guess as you find yourself more in your, as a person, as you get older, 
and I started to figure some of these things out and was just like, okay, cool. You know, like, and, and you realize what value you can actually add to people's lives. Then, you know, it's sort of like, you just have a lot more confidence in yourself. Cause you're just like, like me now, like, you know, I don't have a shredded six pack or anything like that. I, I, I don't know if you follow me on Instagram, but you know, I'm, I eat out three times a day restaurants. Like, so I'm not too worried about That's that. Nice. It's nice. It's nice if you can afford it. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you know, like, you know, I work hard for my money and stuff like that. So, you know, and eating out is like a big thing for me. I really, that's like my favorite pastime. That sounds, yeah, yeah. It sounds good. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> what made you decide to go on Love Island? It's it's a tough one because there's um you know there's so many factors but I think I was like for me I I went through like a big healing phase and then basically I was just like okay cool how can I get my life on track as much as possible right healing from what so just like you know I got my health kind of bad at one stage like relationship things stuff like that and like bad finances, these kinds of things. So like when I, when I say sort of like healing phase, I was just like, I basically like wrote a list of like everything in my life that was bothering me. <laughs> and then I just went like one by one and just was like fixed everything. I was just like, oh, I need to sort my like financial situation out. Like I wasn't good. I didn't have any career prospects. I was sort of just doing like odd jobs and things like that. And I sort of woke up one day and I was just like, okay, cool, but where are you going to end up? Like, and how are you going to get there? And so I actually went and just did like what I thought the most sensible thing I could do was, and, and that was get, you know, do the exact same job that my dad does, which is like my, my stepdad, Craig, um, which is he works in finance. So I went and did my finance degree and I got a job in finance and I was like, yeah, cool. Like, you know, I'm going to be a grown up. I'm going to do this. And then after about a year, I was just like, oh, I would rather deep throat a cactus than spend another day <laughs> like in an office. You know what I mean? Like, it's just not me. I wasn't built for that. Like, and I was kind of like, okay, what do I want to do? Um, uh, you know, whatever. And I, I sort of didn't know what career, what I wanted, but I was like, okay, what do I like? I was just like, I like traveling. Um, you know, I like entertainment side of things. Like in school, I really thrived in like drama and stuff like that. And so I was just like, okay, cool. That's what I, uh, that's what I want to do. So I was like modeling, maybe, you know, like down that general path, like, you know, and, um, so I started just doing little bits and pieces here and there. And that's when I first really got into manifesting as well. That's when I first started to learn. It was actually a Tony Robbins CD. <laughs> 2003 get the edge um and uh you know sort of it had a thing called the hour of power where you manifest what you want and i would say you know i want to travel for work i want to be able to do this every single day and then um you know i was just sort of uh like trying to make it in like the modeling game and trying to do like extras work and all this kind of thing and then um i just got a message on star now you know star now the, the website. website yeah 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 and saying hey would you like to apply for love island and um uh, I think they did that to about 10,000 people like, that they, they were saying they just like messaged in. Um, but I, you thought it was just for you. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I, like, you thought it was a sign? Yeah I, went, yeah. I went home. I told my mom, I was like, hey, mom, I'm going on Love Island. <laughs> you know, <laughs> and I just, I knew from the, I didn't, like, you know, I knew there'd be a few people, but um, yeah, for me, I was just like, cool, I'm, I'm going to do this. I knew from the second that like I did my application and stuff like that, I was like, I'm going to be on this like I don't care how many other people there are and um yeah I just wanted the experience I wanted 
I, I just wanted to to really sink my teeth in and, and do it. So I'm really happy. And then when you went on the show, just it seems like from an objective, like outsider's perspective, like it would just be such a bizarre world to enter because you're trying to like act normal, but you know the whole time that like millions of people are watching you mm, just mm. go about your day with these people that you like don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so weird. Like nothing can prepare you for how just strange it is because you're all it feels like that's your whole universe and there's nothing outside of it you're just like even though even after you've been there for like two days you're just like okay this is the world there's nothing outside and it's amazing how quickly you actually forget that there's cameras and you just start to you know just fall into normal routine and stuff like that because obviously I've done a lot of you know like ads and interviews and videos and stuff like that where you're, you know, oh, this is for an hour, and so you're just like you're you're aware of what you're saying and stuff like that. Um, but just because it's over such a long period of time, yeah, and you can't see the cameras mostly. That yeah, you just start you can't to act in in um, maybe in like a, a, a not in a twenty four hour uh, film TV show. You can't act. So, yeah. Um, yeah. When you so first weird. went in there, though, were you really conscious of like the way you were moving your body and, and how you were talking and trying to? you know, make yourself look as good as you could and then that just stopped <laughs> or what was that like? Kind of, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I, I guess for me I got thrown in like I and, um, you know, for me I, I was like a kamikaze mission, like, you know, um, the way that I actually got sent in. Um, so for me it was kind of like um, it just was such a shock to the system that I went in there that I kind of, when I was in there, I was like, wasn't really thinking about that. I was just thinking about oh, how weird this situation is. And then obviously then you forget about the cameras and it's, uh, yeah. Yeah. And like from reading like reviews of the show and stuff, people said that you kind of got bullied a bit by some of the other contestants yeah, yeah. and like had a bit of a hard time and that mm -hmm. even the, the bosses of the show were a bit like concerned about you psychologically. I've caught myself feeling for the last like day or so. No, like I'm I'm not gonna quit. I'm not gonna, you know, young Teddy in high school never quit. So, sorry. What was it like, sort of experiencing yeah. that, knowing that? The audience is, is seeing this happen to you as well and seeing you get upset so like how did you respond yeah. to that i think like with the um like because i'm quite good friends with the like head producer of that show now like um him and i get along really well but i think that was just like a um uh then article that says oh they were like worried or whatever they just i think it was they got asked about it and they said oh yeah we're monitoring him and then so people were like oh he's being monitored you know, right, right. It's like, yeah, I'm also being filmed 24 hours a day. So it's just like, yeah. it's easy to monitor. So I think they're very massive on the care side of things. So if there was any concern that I actually was having any like real mental difficulties or anything like that, I, you know, I would have been taken out or they offer you if you need to speak to anyone or something like that. So I was actually, I was fine. It was just, you know, you, I just expressed my emotion at that time. The emotions are a lot heightened in there. So pretty much, um, obviously I, I went in there, um, not really knowing the dynamic cause you see on TV and stuff like that, not really knowing the dynamic. And basically I just told them from the start that I, the only girl that I was really interested in was Erin, like from the outside, I was just like, I, I think she's the hottest. Like, I think I like her personality, stuff like that. 
And then obviously I went in there for that thinking, oh, it's not going to be like a huge deal. You know what I mean? I'll just go and like have a crack. But the other dude, like Eden, he sort of was like the, the, some of the other boys in the house and that kind of thing, they were his little like sidekicks. And, um, and they'd obviously been there from the start. They were like the power couple and that kind of thing. So it wasn't like bullying in the, in the sense of, uh, you know, like schoolyard bullying and stuff like that. But it's like when you have a group of people that have all known each other and all like, and are dominated by like an alpha couple and then the alpha, you're coming in like three weeks into it and they've all been in there for three weeks, um, which in, you know, reality TV time is like six months. Um, and then basically it just sort of like, I was just sort of targeted a little bit and just made it really hard. Like I was just undermined sort of thing. And I just felt like I wasn't able to actually have the proper experience. You know what I mean? Um, so I think that's why just one day I was just like, you know, emotion hits you a lot harder in there. And I just went down to the beach hut and just, uh, had a little bit of a cry and, uh, <laughs> which sometimes you need to do. I'm not, a, not ashamed of it. Um, uh, a few million people have seen that uh, video now. But um, yeah, I had a bit of a cry and I just expressed it and then, yeah. And do you feel like the show made you self-conscious? Mm, I think it made me a little bit self-conscious about my teeth at the time. I didn't have the best like teeth. Um, and, uh, you know, I, a couple of, or I think Shelby mentioned it on the show and Shelby's actually a really good friend of mine. But then when I came off, people were, I'd seen like a few, uh, I largely, I got the most love, I would say, like to hate ratio. Like mine was 99% love, 1% hate versus, you know, everyone else is probably, a, you know, a bit different to that sort of thing. So, um, you know, I was pretty happy with that kind of thing. But then, uh, you know, when those kind of comments made and you start to be like, mm, I'd always been a bit self-conscious about my teeth anyway. So then it sort of heightens it because all of a sudden you're in the public eye and someone said a comment about your teeth on TV. It's just like, you know, it, uh, of course, it's going to get to you a little bit. Yeah. Do you find that once you'd gone through that experience that you looked at like the way you looked even more than before because you'd been put onto that sort of platform and now people know you as being Teddy Briggs and mm. they know you for like what they saw on the show. So do you feel like there was then pressure to like be that be that image of course yeah yeah of course so as soon as you put in the public eye and you know and it happens very quickly you know because you get off a plane and there's paparazzi at the airport and you you know nobody knew you before <laughs> you, you got on the plane there but then when you're on the plane back there's like paparazzi at the airport there's like you know you're under the microscope so obviously like you're more aware of how you like physically look but i would say that um i'm more like it probably actually helped with confidence um weirdly um so yeah i haven't really since the show and stuff like that um apart from obviously the teeth thing i haven't really felt very self-conscious or anything like that yeah. and so when you had like people taking photos of you and stuff initially did you like the fame and the attention of it yeah 100 percent. yeah yeah i liked it so i still get it but you know obviously not to the same degree when i first came off the show it was like you couldn't walk down the street sort of thing it was like um, but yeah, I, I liked it cause you know, the way I look at it is, you know, someone comes up to you and they've watched your journey like on TV and that's a super exciting event for them. Like they're so happy. They're just like, Oh my God, I just met Teddy. They're posting in their story. They're being like, Oh, this is the best day ever. 
I got to meet Teddy so cool. So, you know, you literally giving up like five seconds of your time to taking a photo with someone and you're making someone else's that whole day. Yeah, 100% makes you, me happy. You pretty much become like a celebrity to some degree, more or less, like overnight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So do you get addicted to that feeling? Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, of course. So like to, to some degree, like um, I kind of think um, it, it's a double-edged sword. You know, you kind of... There's times after that, you know, in that period where you sort of want a bit of privacy and you just don't have it. But uh, yeah, of course, like everybody likes validation. We're in the age of social media and stuff like that. Everyone's like, you know, clout chasing validation. So, uh, you know, it's a whole nother beast. But, you know, of course, you know, getting that attention and stuff like that, you know, it, it sort of, uh, it makes you feel good. And, you know, any, anyone would sort of be the same. But I think now I'm sort of, it's better because I'm more balanced, you know what I mean? So I still obviously like have a profile, but, um, you know, I can focus on other things and stuff like that. Now, so. And like coming off the show, that's when like people know you the most and it's yeah, like yeah. relevant and people like following mm. you around and stuff. Mm. And so like, how do you come off the high of that? Do you feel like you're, you're chasing that again and you're like really keen to basically get another hit of it and go on another show or how do you feel? Um, yeah, like I would be open to doing more tv if the right thing came along and i felt like it was something that i wanted to do but i'm not sort of in a place where i'm like oh i need to get on another show like i sort of you know you go through that massive massive peak and then it like declines and stuff like that and then i think you know because during that period you have to you know your life is love island you know, everyone wants to interview you about Love Island. Everyone wants to talk to you about Love Island. Yeah, and then you do that tour where you're going to like nightclubs and yeah, doing bro. the whole promo thing and stuff. Oh, so, bro. I mean like coming down from that because that goes yeah. for like quite a few months. Three, three four months. And yeah. like, you know, you sort of feeling like a star mm -hmm. and then like it, it stops. Like yeah, what yeah. does that do to you like mentally like going, doing, going through that? Yeah, I think I just had like a little transition period where you're just like okay what do i actually do like you know i was like i've done i've done the show i've done the publicity and it's just like yeah but that's not a career yeah. like you know what i mean doing 15 minutes of fame yeah 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 so it's just like so you know what am i actually going to do so i i think i i tried my hat at like again you know like finding my feet sometimes you just have to spend like that little period of just sort of working out what you want to do mm. And then it landed and, and uh, you know, now I've got, like, huge career aspirations. Did you feel like you really had to capitalise on that 15 minutes of fame from the show as well? Like, while people knew you had to try and use that to create mm. the next thing that you are going to do? Yeah, I think so to, to a degree. Like, I was sort of, you know, like, oh, and I should use my profile to, like, you know, sort of build something and, and stuff like that. I tried quite a few different things and just nothing sort of felt right. Um, but yeah, I, I feel like going back, I was like, I probably could have capitalized a lot better, but you don't know, like there's no preparation for it. You just thrown in there and you just have a crack basically. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, the way I, the way I, um, look at it. So like my mom had, had always called me Teddy since I was like two, three years old. Um, uh, there was a TV show called super Ted on, on TV when I was a kid and I was like obsessed with it. And so I made my mom's start calling me super ted and then eventually it shortened to ted and then teddy so that's how it like came about but for me i just think like i said i went through a big like i was very lost through school i went through a big healing phase stuff like that and i kind of thought of myself like a pokemon and i was evolving 
you know, from a person who had no direction, who didn't know what they want, who didn't have confidence to a person who had the confidence, had direction, had drive, had health, had everything. And so, you know, I kind of felt like with the taking on, like, you know, just calling myself what my mom calls me and what my family call me, Teddy, I was kind of like, that's a new like chapter for me. And I, especially I changed my, um, it was at the time where I changed my surname as well, legally. So yeah, for me, I was just like, this is a new phase. I've legally got a new name and, you know, this is a fresh start for me. And yeah, yeah, it's been like, it, weirdly, it, you know, I know it's like super symbolic and people not might, might not understand that, but it's actually been one of the biggest and like best things in my life. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I thought it would probably be significant. Um, and how much do you feel like your online persona, you know, when you're talking to your followers mm. and you're making your videos and you're doing your marketing yeah. stuff, how much do you feel like that is who you are when there's no camera? Yeah, I think that's the biggest thing why, um, you know, I don't know if you ever watch like Dr. Teddy or anything of that stuff that I do, maybe. maybe yeah, not. I've seen, yeah. I've yeah, seen yeah, yeah, all that kind of thing. The reason, I think the reason why people like that kind of stuff, I get like awesome responses for that is because there's no persona. It's just, that's the stuff I do with my friends. Like that's, that's the sort of shit talking I do with my friends. Mm. So when I first started, when I first came off Love Island, I was trying to be Mr. Persona. Like, yeah. That's uh, what I mean. That's yeah, going to be yeah. hard to navigate because you like, you want people to like you, you want to get more followers. You want to keep going with the like uh, fame and, and what you've earned on the show. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, oh, well, how do I do that? What do they yeah. like? Do they like who I was like pretending to be? Was I pretending to be someone? Do they yeah. like who I actually am? And how do mm. I show that? Like, yeah. That's what I think that's interesting. hundred percent. And what I've found is the best response is the, the more genuine you are, like, because people can tell if you're putting on a persona or not. So if you just, I think, you know, some people would look at my content and be like, oh, it's terrible. Like the videos, I, I watch it back and I piss myself sometimes, but um, cause it's like genuine and it's just me. That's, I, you know, I think my people that are following me, they feel like they're just like one of my mates cause it's like personal and it's genuine. So I've just found with social media, I think the key is just authenticity is like, yeah, yeah. And so what sort of content do you want to like, put out there? Yeah, so I'm actually this, uh, I've just made like episode one. It was like pretty um, uh, pretty short episode, but it's something I've just hired like a videographer like, that's going to be working with me pretty much full time. Um, and uh, so I'm just like creating my own web series for IGTV and um, YouTube just called Life of Teddy. And it's basically just, I just want it to be super, super insightful to just what I actually do every day. Um, and you know, cause I think I have a cool life. So, Hey guys, what's good. Welcome to episode one, Life of Teddy. And it's crazy to see what happens when you actually apply yourself and you go out there and get what you want and don't make excuses for yourself. You don't sit on the couch watching Netflix, but you go out there and do something. He's a prime example of what hard work can accomplish in a short period of time. So watch this man. He's going to take Thank you. Bro. And so what do you actually do every day now? Oh, uh, just mainly leisure. Um, <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of leisure. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot of leisure that goes on. But nah, I travel. I travel heaps, um, and I like you know get to do lots of really cool things and stuff like that. I guess having location freedom from my work, um, you know, I basically travel like probably eighty percent of the year um, at the moment, which you know is is really good for me. And is that that's doing your marketing? Sort of stuff. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. 
I don't need to travel at all. Like, you know, people go, oh, are you traveling for work? I don't need to travel at all. I just choose to because at the end of the day, if I don't have like a job that I have to be at every day here, travel is like a huge passion of mine. So, um, you know, if I can do that all the time, basically. Yeah, it's a good life And then just come back when, you, have, you know, oh, come back when I miss my family. Yeah, yeah. And then for a week and then go, okay, cool, I'm gone yeah. here or there or whatever. Sounds like a good life, doesn't it, It's Rory? good, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I'm all about leisure, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, what kind of people did it bring into your life, like, after yeah. you finished? Like, in, how did your circle change, like, in terms of, did you notice people trying to be friends with you that you could tell, like, they had intentions where they just wanted <laughs> to be in your little circle? Or what yeah. did you notice in that respect? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You obviously, you get, like, when you do anything big or out of the ordinary especially in like a city that's kind of not super super big yeah like um you know like adelaide people that knew you like growing up uh, growing up (laughs) (laughs) Um, people that that knew you growing up you know they don't necessarily like to see because it jeopardizes their position in their like you know, they're in their mind of yeah, you know, they're what so, they're doing and stuff. Yeah. And they're like, oh, he's more famous than me, therefore. Yeah. Even yeah. even now with like, you know, my business stuff or the show or anything, rah, rah, like, you know, because when people feel like they're not doing as well as someone else, it jeopardizes their position in their social hierarchy. Want to bring you down rather than elevate. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. they take the moral high ground and try and discredit what you're doing so that they can feel secure. Yeah. So you get those people and then you get the other people that are just like, you know, want to be your friends basically yeah so what experience yeah, did yeah. you have did you have with that in terms of people trying to you know get into your life yeah, yeah. that like didn't deserve to be there yeah <laughs> you know i have a pretty small circle now but yeah at the at the time i had a lot of people you know come out of the woodworks from like i hadn't spoken to for like five years and then just like hey man like let's let's uh you know let's catch up like let's do dinner and stuff like that and i'm like who are you like yeah. and um you know it's like convenient that you messaged me like you know just at this time and uh you know so 99 percent of it i didn't fall for and i was just kind of like oh, i'm good man like um but uh you know there is sort of that one percent of you know you you think that people are the really trying to be like genuine and then you sort of find out later that they're maybe ulterior motives and i think i was like um i put massive uh value on my male friendships like you know i'm a real like i love to have my my broskies you know what i mean like yeah it's super important for a guy i think you know to have like a like bros so i guess i sort of um you know those relationships are really really important to me so Mm. i think i maybe fell for like you know that a little bit like the fake sort of uh bro thing when they had like ulterior motives yeah and so when did you realize that that was actually fake love yeah yeah i mean it's hard to uh recognize because you know your brain just you know that's your friends and stuff like that so i think um you know when uh like all the club appearances stop and and all the like you know all that kind of stuff stops and then they sort of change then you're just like oh okay but you know it's everything in life's a lesson and you know you just learn from these situations and the people that i have in my like circle now i trust with my life um and i know that they're were they there before yeah. though were they there before well, the show? I, like i still have my like og friends that i've like known for years like one of my best mates who lives in like melbourne like he was you know when i was like 
my worst when I was like younger, he was like a big bro to me. Mm. And then, you know, so for him to see me like struggle town and then to see me succeed, like, you know, he's super, super happy. And then, but yeah, made new friends. Like, so my best friend now, Eli, I met uh, like after this uh, show, but like a year or so after the show. Um, and him and I work together. He's like a young sort of dude, but yeah. you can tell, you can tell, like, if you really, you know, look into people, you can, yeah, yeah. Is he doing background checks and shit? I'm doing background <laughs> checks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> FBI. Um, <laughs> nah, but it's, I got, uh, you know, I got, uh, good judge of character. Good, good judge of character. Yeah, yeah. yeah. How much do you feel like you need fame to some level and you need attention now where you're at? Mm. I think, you know, I've always really, I mean, I've always liked to sort of be the center of attention. Mm. I think, you know, some people don't like that. Some people are sort of enclosed. You know, for me, I've always had a bit of charisma, even when I wasn't confident, uh, confident when I was young, I've always had that sort of charisma. So I do enjoy, like, not a lot of people know this real quick side note. So when I was 13 years old, like I was literally doing um, stand-up comedy, like in clubs and stuff like that. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At thirteen, yeah, yeah. How so, do you how do you used to go? I don't know. Like they were maybe they just clapped for me and laughed because I was a kid and they were just supporting me. But yeah, no, I I did a few like stand-up comedy shows when I was thirteen. Yeah, right. Which is crazy. Yeah. Um, but you know, I think that just shows you know that I always had that sort of entertainment side in me. Yeah. Um, and then I enjoy. So yeah, I think I'm not. I'm to the point now where I don't really care about how many times a day I get noticed in the street or, you know, I don't look at my Instagram likes or anything like that. Like, I don't really care that much. But I think because when you have an entertainer in you, you're always going to have that want to, you know. Entertain. Entertain. Yeah, okay. yeah. But that's that's what you like about it is sort of seeing how people react and, and feeling like you're yeah. having sort of an impact on someone else's yeah, day. Yeah, yeah. So, like, what do you define as success? For me, it's a, that's, a, that's a tricky question, but I think it's just, like, the feeling of knowing that you're on the right track, the feeling of, you know, striving for more. I think when we feel lost or, like, we feel that we don't know where we're going to end up, I think is where people tend to sort of have struggles in their life. So, for me, I feel right now that I'm successful because, you know, my relationships are good, my health is really good. Um, you know, my financial situation is really good. Um, you know, I have a lot of goals and things like that. So, you know, I would define myself as successful now and I just want to, um, you know, keep doing myself proud basically. So, yeah. Where does that materialism come into it for you? Like how much do you value that? Like obviously we've seen the videos of you with your like Mercedes and stuff like that, things that people our age often like don't acquire. Yeah, like, yeah. How, how important is that for you and, and your identity? Um, I think because... I haven't always been like this, like, you know what I mean? Like, um, I've only made a lot of money in the last, like, six months, really, like, that people would consider, like, a lot, you mm -hmm. know what I mean? So, um, yeah, I think some of it is just because it's new. So, you're just all of a sudden, you know, you're used to budgeting for, oh, I, I can't go out for too many meals this week, like, or, you know, I, oh, I've got to buy a Camry. Um, as my <laughs> as my car, which is what I had before, yeah. to then all of a sudden, you know, you're like earning a lot faster. So you're just like, oh shit. So some of it is still novelty of like new money. 
Um, but I just think as well, like uh, people say money doesn't buy you happiness and it absolutely does not. But financial pressure causes stress. When you're stressed, you're not happy. Um, when you can't do the things that you want to do, you know what I mean? Like when you, when you have the ability and the, to actually do the things that you want to do, look after the people that you want to look after and have the freedom that you want, it does contribute to happiness. But buying like the flashy stuff and then showing it off, like is that, is that big for your validation or is it just sort of like, you know, exciting to be able to do it because, you know, not everyone can and you haven't been able to before. So Yeah. Like I'll, I'll give you an example. Like I was driving here this morning in his name's Cornelius, Cornelius, the C63. And I, like, I'm driving this car and I was like, every morning I go through things of all that I'm like um, grateful for. Like, I think that's a good way to start the day. So I start off with like family stuff. You think about all these things. I verbalize it to myself as well. And then I was like, and look at Cornelius. I'm like, God damn, like, you know, I'm driving. He's like purrs and, you know, like it's super comfortable and it's luxuri luxurious and like you're really proud of it. So I think it's more so, um, you know, I guess it's just like proud of an achievement. Like I said that I wanted to buy that car. I worked hard and then I bought that car. And then so it's more just like a sense of achievement sort of thing. Like I'm, I'm happy with it. So. Even what you don't see on social media, it's like I am driving that car, like smiling, being like, this is so cool, you know. Do you think that you're going to have to keep leveling up on that though? Like if you make that a big priority for yourself in terms of like acquiring those things and setting, yeah. setting them as goals, do you feel like you'll keep on doing that? Yeah, 100%. Yeah, yeah, yeah 100%. But you like, think that's a positive thing? I think it's a positive thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, in terms of, I guess if it's, it could, I could see how some people could perhaps see it as a negative thing, like, oh, I just need to get from A to B, like, yeah. you know, that, and that's what a lot of people go, oh, you don't need a fancy car, it's just A to B. It's just like, yeah, yeah but at the same time, it's like, I like cars. Like, I, I, cars is an interest of mine. So for me to have a car that I like yeah. makes me smile when I drive it, you know, makes me happier to have that car. People yeah. could say it's materialistic, but it's more so I set a goal, I achieved it. That feeling of, the, the feeling that I'm getting while I'm driving that car is a feeling of, achieving a goal yeah not about the car itself because yeah. at the end of the day you know the only reason human beings do anything is to either chase or avoid a certain feeling so you know the car it's just a hunk of metal but the feeling that it gave me of achievement yeah makes you happy yeah i get what you're saying yeah uh, what's your opinion of like mental health within the whole influencer sphere like mm. the reality tv mm -hmm. world like what do you see and what do you what's your opinion of how people who are like have profiles like that are doing mentally. Yeah, I think, you know, I think there's good and bad things about it. I think we're, um, there's definitely some negatives with the whole influencer thing. You know, I, I think it's great that Instagram took away likes. I think that was like the best move um, that they made because it took out the competition side of things. But, you know, I think people now more than ever are more sort of like conscious of how they look and that kind of thing, which I'm a big, big advocate for presenting yourself well, keeping yourself healthy, self-care, looking after that kind of thing. But I think it, you know, it comes to a stage where now, because it's so accessible, you know, like we're seeing, if you go on my Discover page or on Instagram, you see, especially for women, you see all these like beautiful girls who you know, they've had their lips done, they've had their boobs done, they've had, you know, this rah, rah, rah. Then they've photoshopped it through nine apps before they've posted it. And especially young girls that are looking at that, expecting that that's how they should look. 
I think that it does have a, a, a negative effect in, in that aspect that it's, you know, it's placing too much on how you have to physically look. And people, I, I see a lot of, especially girls, feeling self-conscious because they don't look like that ridiculous, unattainable goal. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess a lot for young guys as well these days. Oh, too. yeah. Yeah, yeah. But you would understand that. You understand about like portraying that image and, you know, you have one that, you know, a lot of people who don't know you would think like, oh, all this guy is about is, you know, the way that he looks. Yeah, yeah. Which, you know, talking to you and, and hearing about like the pillars that you think are important yeah, in life yeah. and all that, it's not true. Like you're a lot more well-rounded. Mm-hmm. But just from looking at like your online profile and glancing over it, people will judge you for that. So like uh, if people who had more of a profile who have the um, ability to influence more people, if they were open to actually talking about who they really are and talking about mental health stuff and talking about like the ways that they actually keep their mind in check not so just mm-hmm. much like in the way they look and their and their nutrition yeah, yeah, yeah. but actually like what they do for their mind like what do you reckon the impact of that could be on on young people especially yeah i think it's um you know I, one big thing with with self development and stuff like that is you have to be ready to receive it you know when i when i was um you know, younger, so many people tried to force books to me and stuff like that. And, um, you know, and then especially when I first started developing myself, you know, and I was having all these breakthroughs with like, you know, self-confidence and manifestation and all these kinds of things. All I wanted to do was like force it on everybody else. Cause I'm like, you can be happier. Like you can be better. Like, yeah, like religion. You know, like or something. Yeah. Like religion. And then you realize that, you know, people don't want advice like forced on them. So um, I used to do a lot, like probably a few months ago, I, I was doing a lot more um, mindset thing, uh, mindset types of things on my uh, Instagram. And, you know, some people, some people loved it. And I think a lot of people were sort of like, yeah, about it. So I think, you know, something like this is really cool, like a podcast where, because I've been open as, like, especially at the start of this conversation. Yeah. You know about like my past and stuff like that stuff that I'd never talk about on in a normal interview. Yeah. Um. So you know, I think I will definitely get back more into that kind of thing, especially with life of Teddy as well. Yeah. Um. You know, but it's just you have to as well. Like people want entertainment, mm. and not everyone wants advice like forced on them. So I found when I was posting a lot of mindset stuff, like. One percent of my followers were like, "Oh my god, this is so good! Yeah, I needed yeah. this." Yeah. And other people were like, "Yeah, wanker." And I guess like not even so much advice, but just showing that like this is also part of the picture. Like it's not just yeah, yeah. the body stuff, but this is like also part of my life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I know. I guess like I think mindset is everything. It's a hundred percent the most like Im- important thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. How do we how do we make it cool to like look after ourselves mentally? <sighs> It, it so isn't cool, is it? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, but it is. I mean, like, cool. obviously you yeah, just said yeah. that it's like the most important thing to you and oh, you yeah. understand that. But how do we like project that so that young people, especially, you know, people in their teens want to mm. think, oh, okay, well, if I want to be like this guy, I want to be like this girl, then I need to like work on the way I'm thinking as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. Well, I've, t- I've spoken about manifestation a lot in my Instagram and that kind of thing, because I'm such a huge believer that you can literally manifest anything. I think, uh, you know, the way it needs to be delivered to people in these days is because everyone has really short attention spans. So if you go on massive, hence why TikTok is the new thing, because it's like two second videos so people can actually focus on something for two seconds. 
Um, but, uh, you know, I think it needs to be fed to people broccoli style. And that's like, you know, when you're a kid, you don't want to eat your broccoli. So your mom cuts it up and puts it through your food. Yeah. So it needs to be mixed into entertainment. So mm. it needs to be, you know, through, uh, you know, some kind of entertainment platform that's engaging, um, that people really want to watch that also then, you yeah. know, sort of drums that into it because it is the most important thing. Like if I, if you said like, Teddy, what is the number one most important thing? Like, you know, for being happy and, and succeeding and doing what you want and stuff like that. It is my, it's all mindset. Yeah. Yeah. And you didn't find love on the show famously. Oh yeah. <laughs> have yeah. you, have you found it since? Bruh. So I talked about, I was, this is another thing I was like, I had a girlfriend for like nine or 10 months yeah. that never made it onto Instagram. Um, <laughs> yeah, bro. So obviously like when I first came off the show, I was like, if I probably can't even tell you like the things that I did on this, but there was some debauchery, like it was bad. Like it was really, really bad. Can you, you, know? can you go into that anymore? Oh, uh, like. You just mean in terms of like sleeping around and stuff like that. But like not even on a comprehensible level. I feel sorry for guys like Drake. Right. You know what I mean? Like, no wonder that guy had a baby because, like, uh, his level of fame. Like, if it was like that for my level, you know, for someone who's an actual celebrity, it must be stupid. Like, yeah. Um, so Can you give yeah. us like some understanding of what you're talking about like, without sounding like a massive wank. <laughs> oh, just like because I'm not, I'm not like proud of it or whatever. Yeah. But when you, it's just all thrown at you, like when you most guys go to a nightclub and to be like. You know, oh yeah. Even if they're ultra good looking, they're still gotta, you know, try and pick up a girl. Then maybe, yeah, maybe buy a booth, try and flex a bit of money or something like that. You know, like, yeah, um, chat up girls or that that kind of thing. Like when you go to a club, and I did a three month tour. Like when you go to a club and your face is on the poster, everyone is there, and there's gorgeous girls that usually you would have to put in a lot of work with are lining up to get a photo with you. Yeah, and then they're just like, you know, and versus when you say, oh, do you want to go back to my hotel? Like, instead of being like, uh, like, yeah, they're just like, oh my God, thank you for picking me. And you're just like, oh, this is a different world. So yeah. I think, you know. What and- did that do to your head though? That's pretty weird. Oh, all my like social skills when it came to like females just completely went out the window for like six months. Cause it was just a different, you know, like. How did you feel? Like, did you feel sort of hollow though after a while of doing that? Like, was it just strange? <laughs> a little bit. I think, um. You know, obviously it was fun and, and stuff like that. And like any guy would want to be in that situation. Mm. Um, but then, yeah, I think after like a, a few months, then I, I met a girl that just sort of like changed that for me. And I was kind of like, um, I was just like, oh, okay, no, nah, this is like the girl that I want to want to be with. Um, and uh, yeah, then that obviously filled more parts than just sleeping with, you know. Yeah, because it was like. All em- these girls. like Emotionally fulfilling. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, um, there's only so many threesomes you can have. Um, but uh, no, but we're going like, to have to put that in the promo. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> I didn't know that was a thing, but apparently <laughs> apparently, oh. there's a limit, Rory. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, there's, a, there's a limit. And, uh, yeah, but um, uh, then I obviously met a girl that um, like from Adelaide, she was like really, really cool. And I just had like mad chemistry with her and that was someone I could spend time with i could go on dates with i could like be myself around 
Um, but you didn't you know, announce wasn't it. Star Tr- wasn't starstruck at all. Like didn't care about the fame side of thing. Yeah. Um, but you didn't. Like, did you not publicly announce that? Never. Though? Yeah. Yeah. Why? Why I not? Never put her on there. Um. Listen. Probably. If If I'm being honest, I think. No, nah, I won't be honest. No, no, no. Because you thought it would like, affect the way you're perceived, though? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, if I'm being completely honest, I thought it would affect the way that I um, was perceived. And, um, yeah, I just was – I guess it's hard because when you're putting someone on social media when you're, like, in the media, like, that would have been Daily Mail, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? So you're sort of, like, you want to be, like, a million percent sure before that you're going to be together long term. That affect the relationship, like having that hanging over your head, knowing that you hadn't announced that that you were like dating this girl. Yeah, I think so. I think so. Um, I think it probably affected her a bit. And obviously, like all other girls, still thought I was single, so I was still like, you know, getting attention and stuff like that. And I, uh, you know, I got caught cheating and stuff like that. And then we broke up for a little bit, and then we got back together, and and um, you know, so it all sort of. Yeah. So do you regret that up. now? The relationship well, or cheating? Like, no, nah, like not making it public. And mm. I think it's hard because I think that I knew for the last like few months of the relationship that I wasn't going to be with her like forever like or long term. So, which sounds horrible now that I've just said it. But, you know, I just sort of like the last couple of months, especially I was like, I don't know about this. You know, whether it's going to be like long lasting. So I kind of was like, if I felt like I was really going to be with someone for a long time and like could see us like getting married and shit, then I would probably do it then. But yeah. But like also strange for you to have a relationship like that, like coming out of what you've done and having like wanting to maintain that persona of still being single because you were sort of, I'm guessing the high of what you're talking about before Mm, with mm. all these um, women is- you know, it must be like addicting as well. Oh, so yeah, like yeah, you just weren't really prepared to let go of that, but you also liked having the relationship as well. Yeah, bang on. Yeah. So yeah, I guess there's like always that aspect of it as well. So um, you know, for me looking back at it, I'm like, I should I probably should have been like more open on social media about it. But I guess it's just different waters and like mo none well, you know, most people in there's only like a small group of people that understand my situation sort of thing in in the context of like the world so mm. i guess like a lot of people would be like oh you should have put her on social media and you should have done this but it's like it's hard when when you're actually in this situation you're like yeah. i know there's a lot of factors going on in your head and you yeah of course yeah yeah but it shows like um you know that you don't put everything online and you got no. and you like calculate like what mm. you're gonna because you're still thinking about like how you're going to be seen yeah. by the people that you know it's important are your followers mm. so it's just it's still interesting that there's even though you're mostly yourself in both, there's that disconnect where mm. you're like, well, I'm not going to 100% put that out there because yeah, yeah. that's going to mean this and I'll be like, and I think you got to always take that into account if you're sort of doing what you're doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think as well, it was like, it was kind of like there was Teddy from Love Island who was doing the nightclub appearances, the interviews, the social media, all that kind of thing. And then there was Teddy. Like, and when I was, I would sort of really switch off from everything like when I was with her so I kind of viewed them as like different worlds yeah versus now I'm starting to uh try to be like okay just one me like and I don't feel like I'm Teddy from Love Island anymore like I'm I'm Teddy who happened to be on Love Island but Mm. 
um, you know, I, I'm I'm grateful for everything that that show like did for me and stuff like that. But you know, I'm, I'm have my own identity. I've got my own things. So. Yeah, and that Teddy that you're you know trying to bring those worlds together. Mm. You feel like, you know, did that alter you forever in some respect, or do you fully feel like you are who you are now? No, it, I took a little while to find my feet because you get thrown so much into it. But now I feel like you know I'm uh, I'm I'm just me. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like. Are you the man you want to be? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, you can never stop improving. I still, still think there's a lot of things I want to get better at. But, uh, you know, I think I'm in the right direction to the man I want to be. If you got something out of this episode, please leave a comment and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. It really helps us grow the show so we can keep bringing you the content that matters. If you want to stay up to date with what we're doing and get involved, get onto the Youngblood Podcast Community Facebook group and follow Youngblood Podcast on Instagram. And if you're keen to get in touch with me, email youngbloodpodcast, all one word, at hotmail.com. This podcast was produced by the talented Rory Noak at Podbooth. You can check them out at podbooth.com.au. This is Youngblood. Thanks for joining us. Catch you next time.